I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. We've got a lot to get to as it's kind of been an interesting week for the SMU Mustangs on the basketball court. We're under a week away now for SMU Spring Football to get underway. SMU had some key visitors on campus as well during the SMU-Wichita State basketball game, which we'll talk about. And also, I want to react a little bit to James Prochet and Rodney Clemens heading up to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Kind of my thoughts on where things stand with those guys as their NFL draft process moves along with Pro Day set for the end of this month at SMU on, I think, March 26th. Uh, that Friday uh, before before the spring practices on Saturday, and it, they might have uh, a spring practice that afternoon as well. So we've got a lot to get to on the podcast, and I want to open with SMU basketball. So if you listen to my last podcast when I talked about the SMU uh, loss uh, a week ago, uh, and and talked about um, you know where that you know certainly leave uh, where the two losses. Uh, Tulsa and Tulane, where that left SMU. Well, like I said on on that podcast, I felt like SMU would come out and beat Memphis. And part of the reason why is because of how bad they played against Tulane and Tulsa. And then as well as uh, obviously there was uh, what I said, which is what I I still believe. I I don't think this team is playing for Tim Jankovic. I think they're playing for their their selves uh, and kind of in spite of of him and, and certainly where they're at. As a as a program, and look, they go out and they beat Memphis. I I said that I expected them to do that. I don't think Penny Hardaway is that great of a coach. They certainly ha- don't have the pieces with James Wiseman that they thought they'd have earlier this year. And so SMU goes out and they rebound. And so credit to the guys for coming out and being ready to go against Memphis. They really took it to them for most of the game. And Memphis made things interesting down the stretch. And Precious Achua not being uh, able to be on the floor much of the latter part of the games really hurt Memphis and their ability to come back but SMU gets the win so good on them rebounding and then SMU had a little bit of a layoff and they had a Sunday afternoon three o'clock game against Wichita State for a chance to close out a perfect home slate in AAC play and they start off and they look like a team that is still playing motivated was ready to go and while the Shockers really struggled to shoot the basketball in the first half, and that had SMU up I, uh, double digits at the half, things obviously fell apart. SMU had a 24-point lead in the second half, and Wichita State, including Dexter Dennis, got red hot and was able to come back and complete. Um, I. I don't know what the the worst collapses are in SMU history at Moody Coliseum, but one, this being a league game, has to be right up there with the largest deficit or the largest lead SMU's had at Moody Coliseum, and it resulting in a loss. I, I it's just got to be up there. And here's the thing: 
And SMU was, is without Everett Ray for the rest of the year, who had knee surgery and, and really, I mean, hasn't contributed much to the program. And it, to be very clear, Everett is a great guy. He is, when you talk about student athletes and what you want their college experience to be like, Everett Ray has done a terrific job taking advantage of his SMU experience. He's one of the best students. He's, uh, I think, I mean, I mean, he's in the business school. He's working for David Miller at NCAP as an intern. So he's doing all the things right. And he's just injury prone. And But the fact is, is, is that he really hasn't contributed anything on the basketball court. And so I, I don't view that as a big loss. Like, I don't think Everett Ray changes the game for, for SMU. If anything, his lack of athleticism with Echenique probably allows Wichita State to take advantage of that just a little bit more if he sees the floor at all. Then Isaiah J.C. was out with a concussion. And Tim Jankovic said that changed the way they were going to approach the game. They were going to go with more zone, and they were also going to press Wichita State and try to knock them off their game. And in the first half, they absolutely did that. Uh, the plan worked very well. Wichita State was, like I said, ice cold. Uh, shooting the ball, they really weren't able to finish. And SMU just played really well in the first half. As Dexter Dennis got going, Tim Jankovic did switch things up. He tried to go to man. That didn't work. Uh, they tried different things. One of the things that stood out to me, though, was Ferran Hunt being sat for much of that run that Wichita State went on. And he ended up playing nine minutes in the second half in a game where Tim Jankovic said afterwards that SMU kind of wore down. And so here, here's kind of my take on that. One, you had a lot of time off in between two games. You had you were playing press, which is fine. And a lot of SMU's guards usually can go fairly well, like Kendrick Davis, Tyson Jolly, Manuel Bandamel. Those are all athletic guys that I don't think you necessarily wear down that much doing that, especially since when you get into the half court, you sit back and you play zone. SMU not having Fran Hunt on the floor to grab some rebounds, to have that length, to affect shots, to do this, to do that, I think was just uh, a pretty brutal decision. And somebody brought it up on the board that, you know, Fran had tried to go one on four and Tim Jankovic sat him after that. Well, look, there's a time to send messages, and then there's a time where you're a team, at least in SMU's eyes, that they're they're still trying to, you know, try to put together their NCAA tournament resume. It's over now. It's again, it's over. But in their eyes, they're playing for the NCAA tournament, and they're also playing for seeding in the AAC tournament. So sitting your best rebounder, who had six rebounds in the first half, and not allowing him, especially when you're playing zone to be a defensive impact was was just a, a, a critical mistake, I thought, in the game management. And then couple that with SMU's inability to create, and we've seen this, inability to create good looks at quality attempts uh, to try and right the ship offensively. That's something that this, this team just doesn't really have this year. They just really don't. And they are what they are. They take a lot of threes. And they don't necessarily take a ton of high percentage shots. And over the last four games, they're in a pretty uh, rough slump, I would I would call it, uh, from beyond the arc. We've seen we saw Ethan Shagwa make one. We saw 
Farhan Hunt make one, make one, which you thought, okay, all right, they're going to break out of this. This is this is they're going to be fine and they're going to roll over Wichita State. Well, they kind of settled back into what their average has been over the last four games, and they just they fell apart. And you know, and it's everything from in the final minute you've got your chance to win it, and you've got your chance to even tie it. And Kendrick Davis commits an offensive foul, Wichita State ball, they throw it in. And um, the game's put on ice. And the game it's just, this team is, and we've said this throughout the year, they're, they're talented enough to not be in this situation that they're in right now. And on the flip side, they haven't been put in the position to be better than they are right now. They're fifth in the conference behind Houston, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Wichita State. Now, watching... SMU play Tulsa at Tulsa, okay, you think Tulsa's a much better team. Wichita State, you watch that game, that's a team that SMU should have beat. And then, of course, the list you know can kind of go on with with certainly Tulane and UConn and, and um, uh, East Carolina where they left a lot of wins on the table this year. And part of that is just it goes back to being in position, being put in position to have success offensively to, to win games that you're supposed to and young team, you know, according to Tim Jankovic and some of the players or not, this is not a team that should be sitting at fifth in the conference. And there's very little accountability. You know, if you want to send a message to Ferran Hunt and, and look, Tim Jankovic and Ferran Hunt clearly aren't seeing eye to eye. We've saw that on the bench. You know, Tim Jankovic kind of Shrugged it off in the post game. Said, "Oh, Ferran's been lobbying for years to go back in. That's how he how he is." Well, I just feel like you've got to sometimes let these players and the the great ones, especially, play their game. And Ferran isn't able to do that in the system. I mean, he's really not. And this isn't about one player, but when you put together a team and you're trying to find the guys in the in the mix that can contribute and that can win you basketball games, Fran Hunt is a key piece in all that. I mean, he's your leading rebounder. So while they're not seeing eye to eye, you've also got to be able to put your team in the best position to succeed. And I don't think Tim Jankovic did that in the second half. He didn't make enough adjustments. And then, look, and I think Tim's very honest, If he, he believes that they wore down. But at the same token, when you just, suffered a 24-point collapse to a team that's right right with you in the conference standings, that you were up, to, like I said, 24 points, there has to be some sort of ownership. And, you know, Isaiah Mike and Manuel Bandamel kind of took some of that when they were talking with the media, kind of said, look, when we have a lead like this, is more on the players, which you can look at certain points where you could say, yeah, you know, the players have to be better. But at the same token, there's got to be timeouts, there's got to be you know, some, some accountability on the coaching staff as well. And so, look, a really, really bad day for SMU in Moody Coliseum against Wichita State. And now they finish with two games on the road. And, um, yeah, I, I've, I've said this, that part of the reason why they've struggled on the road is that there's not this killer instinct with the program. It's not instilled. It's not instilled in the offseason. It's not instilled with accountability during the season. And so they head to UCF and USF to close out their regular season Wednesday and Saturday. We'll have your coverage on Pony Stampede, of course. But 
there's nothing right now about this team that says they're going to, you know, be able to handle the road and and change that. So I think they probably end up splitting one of the two. I mean, just kind of the as talented as you know they are, they can probably figure out a way to win one of one one or two of those and set themselves up uh, to be potentially a top four seed in the conference. Um, but it, it's just, you know, and, and I, I misspoke earlier. There's six in the conference, actually. Um, I don't know why uh, it said that earlier that they were fifth. Um, I guess maybe the Memphis, Memphis game just went final or something. Anyway, there's six in the conference. Tulsa, Houston, Cincinnati, Wichita State, Memphis, and then SMU. And then you play two of the bottom half teams in South Florida and UCF. Again, games that you can win, games that you should win just by looking at the standing. So I think a, a big test for Tim Jankovic is having is putting together a plan that this team can use to bounce back on the road and finally kind of shake those those you know road performances that they've had throughout the season. If they can't, I mean, I've said this, I, I think this is... A, a, a program that needs a change. I think they need a change to begin with. I think, look, a lot of these players have, 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 you know, I think stick up for Jank in certain scenarios. But I think part of that is just, you know, it, it, it's a program right now where everything is kind of fine and dandy. And, oh, well, if we make a shot here, you know, it's a different game, which it is, right? You, if SMU makes a shot or two down the stretch they missed, guess what? They win the basketball game. Well, that's that's great and all, but it's not just the reality of where it is. There are things that they could have avoided by being put into position to succeed. And that's what it comes down to for me. I'm interested to see how they respond against UCF and USF. They're two critical games for this program. I don't I think we've seen this thing go back and forth. Is Tim Jankovic going to return? Is he going to go back? Uh, you know, be like, oh, these two games are uh, as key as any. This is, I think, when you look at where it's headed. If and I talked with the source, you know, going into and I posted on the board, going into uh, the Houston game, you know, will Tim be back? And you know, the source said, uh, well, barring a total collapse, I would think so. If they lose these next two games, is this a total collapse? I mean, it sure looks like it. You know, coming off of a, a, a win over Houston and you go and you drop those two and then you beat Memphis, you bounce back because you're ticked off and whatnot. And you know certainly they uh, played well enough to win against Memphis, but it, losing your final three to teams like this, I mean, that's a total collapse to me. So uh, And then you've got the AAC tournament and, and when you've got to then play early in it, and play multiple games back to back. Are you going to be worn down? Is that going to be an excuse? You know, it just this team right now in the in the season doesn't need excuses. It needs a little bit better guidance on how it can be successful on the floor. And they're not getting that. They didn't get it in the second half. And I, I feel bad for the players because they played hard enough in the first half that in the second half, when things started to go poorly, the coaching staff needed to step up and 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 make some adjustments that were real. Some adjustments that could lead to some easy baskets, and it didn't happen. So with that, we're going to end this discussion on SMU basketball. We'll see kind of where we're at after this next week of games following the Mustangs as they look to close out the regular season, uh, ending some road 
their their rough road schedule uh, the results that they've had throughout conference play so far. So on the other side of this break, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple visitors on campus for SMU. A couple big names were big were back on campus, and also look at James Prochet and Rodney Clemens in the NFL Combine and see kind of where their stock went after that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to this edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder to subscribe to Pony Stampede. You can do so for just a dollar. Really encourage you guys to do that as spring ball and spring recruiting starts to heat back up with the dead period now over. Speaking of the dead period being over, SMU hosted some of their really top recruits on campus on Sunday for the SMU-Wichita State game, one of which I want to highlight for you guys, Isaiah and Wokobia was back on campus. The Dallas Skyline defensive back tweeted it out uh, that afternoon. You know, check the location, University Park, Texas. And for Isaiah, who's really picked up recruiting, uh, his recruitment's really picked up over the past month. Cal and Texas are probably the top two challengers for SMU right now with Isaiah. Uh, number 24 safety overall in the country and number 66 overall prospect in Texas on 24-7 sports. And you've seen offers like USC and Baylor and, and, so, and some of these other schools come in. But he's been pretty steadfast in saying, look, SMU's right in it. They've been there from the beginning. And him coming on his first weekend back, you know, for off the dead period. And as much as he's traveled on the 7-on-7 circuit, to come spend about five hours on campus with the coaching staff says a lot to me. So uh, that was big for me to see. I think you, you, another one that stood out to me was Jack Lair, uh, an SMU legacy. Both of his parents went to SMU. He's Highland Park's offensive tackle and a, a strong three-star prospect on 24-7, uh, right in that 84 range, chance to go up as we see more of him in the camp. Uh, schedule and 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 of the you know in the in the eval process Arkansas State Dartmouth and Tulsa joined SMU in offering him he's a standout uh, as well in the shot put and discus and at 6'6 275 I feel like his stock's got a chance to go up he was back on campus I'm kind of close to putting in a crystal ball for him to be honest I think when you look at somebody like him SMU family goes to Highland Park and in an, in an offensive line class where SMU is going to be pretty selective, for them to put an offer on the table and prioritize them like they have says a lot to me in terms of what they think about him and certainly him coming as soon as he could following the dead period to hang out with Preston Stone, the four-star quarterback commit, and some of these other uh, prospects on campus. That said a lot. Now, 
SMU had a couple other huge prospects on campus this weekend. And I encourage you guys uh, to, to use that dollar to subscribe to Pony Stampede to check out who else was there. Uh, a couple names that are uh, big, big, big time prospects in the state of Texas. And one that, especially uh, as of late, SMU has tons of momentum with. Uh, so definitely uh, check that out. What's next for SMU on the recruiting trail? Look, they're going to continue to do a lot of these, I think, smaller, more laid back type of gatherings and and just saying, hey, come over, come hang out with the staff. You know, we want to hang out with you, you know, get 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 around our families, get around our program. And then as late spring heats up, they're going to have a night practice on on one of the Fridays during spring ball, which is going to be a big recruiting event. They're going to have the spring game where they're going to be able to host guys much of the afternoon and, hey, hey, come over. Uh, the game's at, uh, I think, 11 a.m. Come see see us work out for the final time this spring and then hang out with us afterwards. And that's kind of how this staff has done it. They have done it with these smaller gatherings, these, uh, you know, not you know, piping up the big junior days as much. And so it paid off for them in 2019, or excuse me, in 2020. And in 2021, Sonny Dykes has said he expects them to be uh, to have the strongest class they've had. And and uh, these type of events continue to kind of put them in position to do just that. So um, that's kind of what to expect in the spring. I think you'll see guys just continue to pop up on campus and and show, show face and be around the staff. And uh, they couldn't have asked for you know, some of those prospects that were there on Sunday for them to spend time with. Uh, that's about as key as it gets. And big shout out to Preston Stone. As much as he's been allowed to be on campus, he's been there, he's been recruiting. So now that he is a commitment, uh, he is uh, certainly taking the bull by the horns and, and been recruiting as many guys as possible to join him on the hilltop. And it, it I think you'll see it pay off uh, in the future here. Now, uh, looking at Indianapolis, we turn our eyes to former Mustangs with James Prochet and Rodney Clemens working out at the NFL Combine. Let's start with James Prochet, who didn't end up running the 40, but he was perfect in the gauntlet. I thought he measured in really well. Uh, just a shade, I think, under 5'11", about 202, uh, with those big 9 and 3-8-inch three, three uh, hands. And look, I, I don't think he was incredible in the testing portion, but what it'll come down to for James is getting to pro day and running a solid 40. And I don't think he's going to come out there and blaze this 4-4. I don't think he's worked. He's, that's what he's been working towards. But as we've seen with some of the top receivers in the NFL, it's not about that 4-4 as much as it is about that, you know, low 4-5 and, and uh, being able to catch the ball really well and not drop it and get open. And that's something James does really well. And so I think there are a lot of NFL teams that view him as like a third, fourth round pick. I think they'd love to see him uh, show well in that 40 at, at Pro Day, but he's going to get a pretty strong uh, chance to showcase his his talents at Pro Day. I feel like SMU always does a good job of getting a good quarterback that can help the receivers shine, and uh, James is certainly going to have that opportunity uh, in late March. Now, Rodney Clemens uh, didn't run incredibly well. A 4.71 was his best time at the 40-yard dash. But he had a strong broad jump, which was right, I think, number six overall among the defensive backs that tested out on uh, on Sunday and then had the 33-inch uh, vertical as well. So not an overly great athlete, but somebody that's played a lot of football, four-year starter, obviously high-character guy. 
I think somewhere in the sixth, seventh round and might be pushing it with the six, but seventh round or maybe an undrafted guy that that catches on in a in a camp and ends up playing special teams and a lot of it for an NFL team. That's where I see him being really strong to at least start his NFL career. Special teamers are really critical to an NFL team. And we've seen that with SMU, you know, as they've uh, when they lost some of their top special teams guys, things kind of went downhill against Memphis. NFL teams, same way. And there's only so many guys on the roster that you can have. You need ones that can play special teams and contribute. And with the amount of football that Rodney's played at the safety position, I think he's going to get plenty of looks to do just that. So wasn't incredibly, uh, I guess, thrilled with this 40, I'm sure. But I don't think that was a shock to him. I don't think he went out there and was saying, okay, I'm going to run into low four six here and and kind of make some money potentially. But um, he'll have a chance to improve that for his pro day uh, at SMU later this month. And and for James, I think that's what he's been working towards. He told me that at the Senior Bowl when, when he talked. So all eyes will kind of be on those 40s as they get to work out uh, at pro day later this month. And um, I think James is safely in the mid-round draft pick range uh, just his production his size his hands his ability to catch the football and I think he'll run a good enough 40 that that'll solidify his spot in the NFL draft and it's funny when you go through this NFL draft I mean Trey Quinn you know was very productive his senior season at SMU and uh, uh, junior season or whatever it was uh, and and went as Mr. Irrelevant so it's a little bit fluky in that regard but I think James has enough tape to be that mid-round guy and and solidify that that spot. And I think he did that at the Combine. So uh, overall, it was pretty cool to see SMU get that, that spotlight for those two guys at the NFL Combine. We'll continue to track them as they get into pro days and uh, then into the NFL draft in late May, or excuse me, late April in Las Vegas. So with that, guys, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get another podcast out later this week. I'm going to try to do like a spring football one. But uh, I've got a wedding to go to uh, and might not be able to get to it. So uh, if not, we'll chat after SMU basketball's regular season is complete and also kind of recap the opening day of spring football, which is uh, Sunday for the Mustangs as uh, they get going uh, with a couple practices before spring break hits for SMU and then uh, their spring game on April 18th. They'll hit it hard uh, after spring break for that. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast and thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.